Welcome to the Table Leadership Podcast, where everyone is invited to pull up a seat, and all leaders have a voice to contribute to the conversation. We're glad you could join us today. And now, your host, Sian Edgerton. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am here with my new friend, Jeff. Jeff, hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sian. I'm honored to be here. I'm so glad to have you. Um, We have a lot of mutual acquaintances. We kind of connected online. Um, Jeff has a new book out recently, and so really just excited to talk all things life and leadership with you. Um, And of course, you know, aside from our mutual acquaintances, we share a hometown. So I'm always, I'm always excited to kind of talk to somebody else from the 757, you know, that's That's people, that's my place. So So how are things uh, back in Virginia right now? They are hot today. It is, it is cooking, but uh, we're loving it. We'll take it. We'll take every warm day we can get, but uh, that just reminds us that the beaches are closed. So uh, (laughs) right right now we're just, we're just dying to get back to some beach, but you know, things are going well, I, I think the general attitude on the 757 is we are ready to get back to it, you know, yeah. um, safely and carefully, but man, we're, we're ready. But yeah. yeah, I love, I love being from the 757. What a place. And is that like born and raised for you hometown? It is. Yep. Yep. Born awesome. and raised Newport news. Awesome. So that makes me really curious for my first uh, question, which is the icebreaker that I ask everybody. Um, and knowing that we're from a very similar area uh, geographically, um, if we were gathered, not virtually, if we were not sheltering in place and we were actually around a table with a group of leaders and we were pouring into them and investing in them, what would you be feeding us? That, you know, um, when you throw the 757 factor into it, it changes the question. Uh, <laughs> Um, now I'm thinking, you know, gosh, Pops Burgers or Whataburger or these local local spots. Um, really, when I when I heard the question, two things came to mind, and it depends on the weather. If uh-huh. it's a cold, if it's a cold day, I'm gonna get my wife to make. Uh, she she has a chili uh, that has mm-hmm. sweet potatoes and chocolate in it, and um, it okay, is that's delicious. new. Oh. That's a first for me. It is, uh, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, so if it was cold outside, I'd go that way. But, but it, if it's hot and my boys have recently developed a love for making sushi. And, okay. uh, so we bought our oldest son, a little sushi making kit and, and we're not fancy. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, um, California roll style sushi, yeah. but, uh, but he loves making it. And so, and I love eating it. So, um, <laughs> depending on the weather, I'd go one of those two routes. That's awesome. Well, they both sound good. I have to admit, though, I am super curious about that chili. I mean, in general, my theology of life is that you can add chocolate to anything and it makes it that better. Is. But yeah. I just haven't considered chili yet. So that is really interesting. Yeah. some She mixes some sort of uh, cocoa powder or chocolate mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. It's delicious. Okay. Is this a recipe of her own design or is this like a family thing or where did she come up no, with this? That's, that's a great question. And I don't know. <laughs> I just, <laughs> okay. I just awesome. enjoy eating it. Oh, that sounds great. Okay. And so um, now that we know what you'd be feeding us, uh, sweet potato, chocolate, chili, and California rolls, um, what is it that you feel like in this season that you really bring to the leadership table? Well, one of the things I hope I bring to the leadership table is what I see uh, the Apostle Paul doing in Romans 16, which is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And it's essentially just a list of names. Um, I think in that chapter, Paul lists about 35 people by name. 
And so what I take from that and the rest of scripture is this call to cooperate gladly with other people. So I think, you know, what I would like to bring to the leadership table is to remind the leader, hey, you're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. And, and that's both a responsibility and a joy uh, that you have in life and leadership, no matter what kind of leadership you're in, whether it's vocational ministry or um, you work in the marketplace, but you're still in leadership in a position, um, you're not in it alone and you get to cooperate with other people as you lead. Yeah, that's good. So it, it kind of takes me in two different directions. And I want to ask you to speak to both of those if I can. Um, and I really I want to say thank you so much for sending me a copy of your book. I really enjoyed reading it. And we'll obviously link that. Yeah, it was fantastic. We'll link that in the show notes for anybody that's interested in grabbing a copy. And so I know a lot of what you're sharing with us today is coming um, out of there. So yep. uh, we'll, we'll try to not have you give too much of it away. That's so that we can still get some people to um, get some copies, but it takes me in two different directions when we talk about the loneliness of leadership. And the one direction is like you said, that encouragement of, Hey, you're, you're not alone. You're not in this by yourself. You know, we're able to gather people around us. And so there's encouragement in that. And also yep. a little bit of challenge of, well, how do I even do that? How do I go about building a team and investing in them? And then the other direction that it takes me in um, to say that, hey, you're not alone in leadership is remembering that we're not silos and the amount of humility it actually takes for us to not go it alone, to not Mm. say, hey, I'm going to be the Lone Ranger because I'm going to do this and I want to make sure that I get the credit for it. Um, But to actually humble ourselves and recognize that we're called to community. And so it's like two very different dynamics of the loneliness of leadership. And and I wonder if you could speak to those. Maybe we'll start with the first one, just the reminder that you don't have to do this alone. um, And just, you know, how the, the beauty in that. Um, and to talk to me a little bit about the encouragement of that, and then how do we just even begin identifying the people that we could really gather around us as part of that family team? Yeah, absolutely. Those are those are two great directions and, and, and great points. So speaking to the first and the loneliness and leadership, um, I think it is important to remember uh, that we're not alone in leadership, that when we face the pressures and we feel the burdens of, of leadership to know that we're not alone. Now, that takes work. Right in mm-hmm. developing a culture where we're not alone, um, Freddie, uh, Pastor Freddie Villarreal did a great job uh, explaining that in, in your podcast interview with him, um, as as he talked about raising up other leaders. So mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I do. I think it's I think it's important for us to um, to intentionally engage other people so that we can remember that we're not alone. There have been a number of moments in ministry in my own life where if if I had been alone, I, I, I would have quit. Mm-hmm. I just, I would have, I would have been crushed by the burden, but because I have a team of here at our, at our church, we have a team of elders. Um, I had a, sh- the, the burden was shared. Um, yeah. and so there have been a number of moments where I've picked up the phone and said, Hey, I need to call Kenny or, Hey, I, I need to call this person. Or, I need to call that person. And just, I need to process this and, and remember that I'm not, not alone. Um, now if, if you're asking the question, if somebody's in the, in a leadership position and they're saying, okay how do I even, how do I even move in that direction? Because I feel alone. How do I not uh, move in the direction? And the question, part of the question is, well, what can I delegate? And if it's not an issue of delegation, what can I share? You know, I'm not, when you say delegate, that doesn't mean that you have to just hand it off and 
oh, well, we'll see what happens. No, it means you share. You invite somebody into the process of leadership and you see God work through them. Um, I've come to the conclusion that if somebody can, if I think somebody can do it 80% as good as I think I can, I should let them do it. Yeah. Because chances are I'm overestimating how good I am Mm -hmm. and I'm underestimating how good they are. Mm, That's good. And they'll probably do it way better than I thought they would. And uh, I probably wasn't going to do it as well as I thought I was going to do it. Um, so empowering other people and, and seeing the Lord work through them. So that's, that's part of you address the loneliness of leadership by engaging other people. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and by honestly believing that, Oh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm not the only instrument of the Lord's work. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. You know, which can be easier said than done. Right. That's good. And, you know, I think what I love about that too, is how many different, um, layers of community and team, we actually have the opportunity to build. You know, I'm thinking about when I first got into ministry and this was before I was a campus pastor, I was first our children's pastor. And um, one of the first things that I did, because I, I was a public educator, took a complete, you know, 180 turn into ministry, totally unexpected and unplanned and really didn't think I should have been there in the first place. And so one of the first things that I did is I reached out to a bunch of other local churches, um, to children's pastors and said, Hey, I'm kind of new here. I would love to invite all of you to get together once a month and we'll have lunch and, uh, let's just talk, let's share ideas, let's share resources, let's share leadership, leadership tips. And so not only was it critical for me to build a team within the ministry within the organization, I needed people who were actually linked arm in arm with me doing the work, but at the same time, building that community of people outside of the organization that at a peer level were able to provide encouragement and challenge and and conviction and just relationship on the journey. And I think the beauty of that is being able to find a place where there's a shared dynamic um, because there are certain roles that even when there's a team working with you because of your role as the leader can still be incredibly isolating and and building in also a team of people just around you there's one organization that i'm a part of the azer collective and we specifically cater to women in positions of leadership and uh and there's something really powerful about getting together with people in your same dynamic and demographic and being able to kind of share and and carry those burdens and so i think there's such value wherever you find those people whether they're regional whether it's a greater you know network global network that you can be part of but however we build those relationships i mean like you said in your book we we are called to this this is literally what we were designed for was to not be alone it's the first thing that's not good in scripture right it's not good for us to be alone I love the fact that you point out kind of the concentric circles of networking, Mm -hmm. right? We have some people that we're in the thick of it together. I mean, we are, um, we work with them on a daily basis. We see them in the office. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a unique relationship, but we also have people that are in the same stage or position as us that aren't in our organization Mm -hmm. and we can share burdens with them differently than we can the people in our organization. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not a, that's not a bad thing. So, so I, I encourage everyone in, in leadership, Hey, have people in, in your organization, have people outside of your organization. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of a uh, technology just like this is we can have, like you said, global networks as well. 
those concentric networks and taking advantage of that is um, a responsibility and joy of leadership. It is. And I love what you said, too, about being able to utilize technology, uh, especially, you know, right now in the midst of a pandemic and sheltering in place and things being shut down. I mean, I think there's obviously great value to having people who are physically where you are. You know, I mean, there's nothing like having, like you said, having that elder where when something's going wrong, you can call them up and go sit on their couch and have a conversation or, hey, let's go grab coffee and we're just going to sit across from the table each other and talk. Um, And so it's a different type of community and relationship, Mm -hmm. I think, but just as valuable is that we are able to use technology. I think about some of the networks that I'm part of where most of these people, I might see them in person once a year, if that. Sometimes it's even less frequently, but there is a regular rhythm of engaging like this with one another, you know, online virtually and sharing burdens and sharing ideas and, and doing life together and sending those text messages um, you know, back and forth. One of my favorite memes that says, you know, behind every great woman is another great woman responding to her frantic texts in the middle of the night. <laughs> and it's like, who, who are those people for you? And so I love that you added in that technology factor, because I think it's easy to overlook that and feel like, oh, well, that's not real relationship. That's not real community. And, and maybe at a certain level, it's not the same, but it can still be really valid and valuable, I think. Absolutely. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think the world is experiencing that right now. Yeah. We're having to figure out how to build these types (laughs) of relationships out of nothingness. So yeah. And so let's talk then a little bit about the other direction of team building, um, where there's kind of the silo mentality, uh, scarcity mindset where, Hey, I need to make sure that I get mine and I protect mine because Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like there's not enough out there in the world. And so the work of um, humility that's really required for us to actually operate in community. Yeah, yeah. So humility is a key part of cooperation, Mm -hmm. right? Nobody wants to cooperate or work with a proud and arrogant and self-centered person. Um, And so it reminds me of uh, Exodus 18 and the story of Moses and Jethro. Uh, right, which is a great leadership uh, story for for anybody in leadership. And uh, Moses is bearing all these burdens, and his father-in-law Jethro comes to him and says, "Man, what are you doing? Like this yeah. is not the way to do it. Share the load." And mm-hmm. um, and he essentially says, "Look, the thing you're doing is not good for you, and it's not good for the people." And so Jethro makes the point, and he I think he's dead on. Um, man, when when we try to lead without other people, not only are we harming ourselves. But we're robbing other people of the experience of leadership. We're robbing other people of the joy of of seeing God work through them. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just an all-around bad idea uh, to silo yourself. Now, it's natural, Mm -hmm. right? But just because it's natural doesn't mean it's good. It's it's, it's easy to do. um, But... Uh, you know, you cannot read the New Testament or the Old Testament for that matter and and come away thinking I'm the only one God can use. Right. And so we're, yeah, we're, we're called to this, this humility. Um, I love the way Paul says it in Philippians chapter two, he says, have this mind among yourselves, right? Which is yours in Christ Jesus. And what is he talking about? He's, he's saying, consider others more significant than yourselves. Mm-hmm. That's, that's humility. He says, think of, think of others because that's exactly what Jesus did for you. Um, and that's the great task of leadership. I, I think one of the challenges of uh, for leaders is that we need to define what leadership is. Mm-hmm. And that 
definition can change in seasons, right? Sometimes my responsibilities bear more in like an entrepreneurial uh, direction. I have to blaze a new path. Sometimes it's more of a pastoral. I need to shepherd people. Sometimes, you know, so, so the definition can change over time, but understanding, okay, in this season, what does the organization need from me? Which mm-hmm. is a, a question I think uh, Chris House raised in your interview with him. I love that yeah. interview, by the way. Uh, Thanks. Great. So yeah, he, he, he said that he encourages his team to ask that question. What does the, what does the overall team need from me right now? I think that's a great leadership question as well. It is. And I feel like that. And and I've known a lot of fantastic leaders and fantastic teams. So obviously not to generalize, but for some of us, it really flips the perspective of leadership on its head um, and, and it moves us from, hey, what do I need from everyone else on my team to what do they need from me? And, and that I think you just said it best. That is the question of leadership. Yep. And so as we're flipping things on their head a little bit, could you break down however many, you know, one, two, three, four, whatever you think it is, but some of the just kind of practical things that we need to keep in mind of how to actually function well in cooperation. Cause I think it's really easy for us, especially when we're new in leadership or we're a younger leader to say, Hey, I'm the leader. I have to set the vision and push the direction out and I've got to have the answers and I'm going to have it all figured out. And my job as leader is to get this team to follow me. And, and that, that's something, but it's, but it's not cooperation. So when we're talking about actually cooperating together and collaborating, what does that on a practical level look like? What are some of the things that we can specifically do to actually build a spirit of cooperation and collaboration amongst our team? That's a that's a great question. So I think um, l- l- let's just let's walk through a few of them. Um, mm-hmm. If we put our leadership in the context of um, our image bearing, right? We we are image bearers of God. Genesis one tells us we're made in His image. We are called to bear His image. Now, then that raises the question: Well, what God? Right? Mm-hmm. And the Bible presents this triune God. Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, mm. that has always existed in relationship. Yeah. You know, um, uh, one theologian uh, scholar talks about the relationality of um, of the Trinity, which is just a fancy word of saying love, mm-hmm. right? The Trinity okay. loved in eternity past, which means love was the first act of teamwork. Mm, so wow. If, 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 <laughs> that's yeah, that's like yeah, a mic drop it, moment, you know. It, it's 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 pretty powerful, which means, you know, it, uh, productivity is not the aim of of teamwork. Love mm. is the aim of teamwork. Mm. Oh, well, hold on. That just changes everything. Yeah. Um, now, yes, we have a job to do and we need to do the job well. We need to get the job done, but we need to love one another. Right. And uh, so we need to position our teamwork and our cooperation in our um, in a larger framework of um, of bearing the image of God. Now, let's let's pull on through to the New Testament. Um, Jesus talks about leadership. Um, There's only one place in the Gospels where Jesus Jesus specifically talks about leadership as a subject. It's Mark 10, um, where uh, James and John say, hey, uh, we want to sit at your right hand in heaven. How about it? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. come on, you you know us. Um, and, And Jesus flips it and starts talking about servanthood. Um, and he said, whoever wants to be first has to become last. Whoever wants to be greatest has to wash the feet of everybody. Um, 
And so not only do we put our leadership and our cooperation in the framework of relationship, but now we put our cooperation in the framework of service following Jesus to the cross. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, now as I cooperate with other people, A, I'm called to love them and B, I'm called to sacrifice myself for them just as Jesus did for me. All right, well, this changes the nature of my cooperation. It does. That changes everything. Yeah. And I think it frees us from some of the burdens we put on each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the pressure we put on on teams is productivity-oriented pressure. And again, that's not bad. The teams need to produce. And if your team's not producing, you've got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But let's do that in the framework of, okay, we're bearing the image of a God who existed in eternity past in love. Love was the first act of teamwork. And Jesus, when he talks about leadership, talks about self-sacrificing love for one another. Okay. Now we're talking about cooperation. Wow. I I think, I think this is what led Paul, the apostle to talk in Philippians chapter one about um, the phrase he used was a partnership in the gospel. Mm -hmm. And the phrase he used partnership was koinonia, which is a word that means fellowship. It it means, um, and and D.A. Carson defines fellowship as self-sacrificing conformity to the gospel, Mm -hmm. Um, which means I'm going to, I'm going to uh, sacrifice myself, right? Just as Jesus told me to do, I'm going to lay down myself. I'm going to die to self so that I can serve you well. Uh, that's, that's, that's the goal of cooperation. That's so good. Both of those points about that the first uh, act of teamwork was love. That was, that was fantastic right there. I love that. And, and the sacrifice of self and servanthood, you know, if those were two concepts that we really truly as leaders could kind of wrap our heads around and put into practice with our teams. It, like you said, that's the game changer. It changes everything. It and, does. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, as, as I was uh, studying for, you know, researching for this book a, a little while ago, um, specifically bearing the image of the triune God and that, you know, reaching back into eternity past, that was a, a, uh, a convicting moment just for me. So I'm reading this and I'm, oh, wow, I do bear the image of God. Man, maybe I haven't loved people the way I should. All right, let me get back to it. Mm. So can I ask you then just practically, um, because I'm such a, I'm an example person. And so yeah. just in your own leadership, as you're embracing these, these ideas and these concepts and what we're actually seeing modeled in scripture, what are some of the, the practices um, yeah. or habits or rhythms that you have actually been really intentional about in your own leadership? Great question. So I'll give you three quick words um, and they are ask, uh, serve and pray. Right, so if we can do those three things, then we're at least moving in the right direction. One is ask, ask questions, ask, how are they doing? If they have uh, kids or, or if they're married, ask how their family's doing, ask how things not related to your task that you're cooperating for, mm-hmm. ask how those things are going doing. Because we all know that when we walk into the meeting or jump onto the Zoom call uh, for uh, the, the leadership team meeting, we've got a billion other things going on. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to ask, hey, hey, you know, I know your husband's been sick. How, how are they doing? Or, hey, I know your kid was wrestling with this subject. How's it? So, so ask, ask questions, get to know uh, people. Um, we do that out of a spirit of compassion, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, um, the greatest or most common uh, emotional state that was attributed to Jesus was compassion. And so we ask questions out of a sense of loving one another well. So ask um, and then serve. 
Look for ways you can serve them. Uh, show up early to the, the meeting and help organize the chairs or um, send an email and say, hey, I know we're, we're going to be talking about this subject on the leadership um, meeting. How can I help navigate that conversation well? What can I be thinking about? Um, so find ways to serve the team and serve those you, you lead with. Um, serving one another makes cooperation so much easier. And so much more fun, right? We all love to yeah. cooperate with people that are are serving us. I mean, it's just, it, it's natural. Um, and then pray, uh, just pray for one another regularly. Um, I love the fact that the Apostle Paul not only prayed for people, but then he would tell them what he prayed for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great practice. Hey, I, I, I prayed this Psalm for you today. I, you know, I prayed, prayed this. Um, one of my seminary professors is um, uh, Dr. Chuck Lawless, and I'm working on a doctoral degree with him right now, a, a paper. And uh, he, almost every time I talk to him before we hang up, he says, hey, Jeff, l- let me pray for you. And it's just encouraging to hear mm-hmm. him pray for me. I know he's busy. I know he's got a billion things going on. But that he would take just a minute at the end of our phone call and pray for me just makes a really big difference. Yeah, that's huge. So if you're a leader, those are three simple things you can do. You can ask questions, mm-hmm. right? You can seek for practical ways to serve people. Um, even right now, you can drop off meals. Really simple way to serve your team and then pray. That's good. So something that it's making me think about, and I think it's important to kind of um, maybe deconstruct this a little bit, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, is that for some of us, depending on the type of organization that we're working in, we see more value in this than um, in other scenarios. And so I'll just, to be 100% perfectly honest, in my um, earlier days in leadership, I was more invested in my volunteers than I was those who were paid staff. Because Mm -hmm. In my mind, I was thinking, okay, these people are giving, you know, freely of their time. They're not getting anything back for this. They're not getting paid. These are volunteers. And so I really need to love them, serve them, you know, pray for them, invest in them. Um, but when somebody's getting paid to do something, okay, well, you're getting paid to be here. So just do what you're supposed to do. And so I think for those who are listening, some of them are engaged in teams that are very much volunteer based. And some of them have actual paid staff. And so can you just speak a little bit to the importance of what we're talking about? Because we're not just identifying how to appreciate and cooperate with the people who are voluntarily on your team. These are kind of foundational principles, regardless of whether or not someone is getting benefits or a paycheck or not, like this is how we love and honor one another, period. What are your thoughts? I, no, that? I agree. I agree. I, th- I think you're right. And, and I, think, um, I think there is in leadership a distinction between, um, you know, how, how we have to distinguish in how we love different people well because they're in mm-hmm. different seasons. And, and so that's, I don't think that's a totally bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do think it's important, like, like you're, you're pointing out that, um, okay, just because somebody gets a paycheck and just because I'm their over, <clears throat> overseer um, or employer, does not mean uh, that, or I'm their direct supervisor, does not mean that I shouldn't love them well. Yeah. Right? And so, yes, we, we, have, this, we have this responsibility to love um, one another well, regardless of the benefits they're receiving in the organization, regardless of their place in the organization, right? We don't, we don't love those at the top of the 
pyramid chart and ignore those at the bottom. Um, we, we, we love people, um, irregardless of their position. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I think you're, um, I, I think you're absolutely right. And then the question becomes, okay, how do I love this person? Well, Mm-hmm. Right, because I might answer that question differently, uh, but the nature of the love, yeah, shouldn't uh, uh, shouldn't change with their position, um, and that's that's part of cooperation, right? Cooperating as a team doesn't mean we all do the same thing. It means we all play the part well, right? For for the greater end of the organization. Um, and sometimes that means I'm going to pick up the mop and mop the bathroom floor. Mm. And it doesn't matter if I'm the, the lead pastor or not, you know, yeah. um, uh, sometimes I'm going to pick up the little plastic communion cup out of the back of the chair that I didn't leave there. Right? I mean, it's just little, little mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all part of cooperation. That's all, uh, part of, part of leadership. That's good. And I love what you brought up too, specifically about the idea of position, because especially in Western culture, you know, we are, we tend to be such a kind of like ladder climbing society and there is such a scarcity mindset and uh, this kind of jockeying for position and title and, and all of these other things. And a lot of times I think based on whether it's position or paycheck or whatever that may be, um, we do kind of disseminate our love and service in accordance with that when really it's, it's meant to be the great equalizer. Like every single one of us, like you said, we play our role irregardless of position or paycheck or title or anything else and that we are all together as brothers and sisters part of this family team and and so that that love and that service is it should be genuine coming from a genuine place this is not how we get people to do what we want this is not how we make right. sure that we get the results that we want this is how we actually say hey aside from what we're doing together and aside from the different roles that we may play in that i see and value you as a person yeah, absolutely. And so I think um, I think as you as you read the Gospels and you look at the stories uh, uh, surrounding the life of Jesus, how many people did he talk to whose names we don't know and will never know? Mm-hmm. And that that did not for one minute stop Jesus from saying, "Hold on, I want to spend some time with you." Uh, the 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 great truth of the book of Acts or one of the great truths is, uh, you know, the whole time the apostle Paul wants to get the gospel to Rome and he keeps saying, man, if I can get the gospel to Rome, man, then we'll reach the world. If I can just get the gospel to Rome. And so what does he find? He finally, he gets to Rome at the end of the, uh, the book of Acts. And what does he find? Well, the gospel is already there. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, and how did it get there? Well, through unnamed men and women who, who were faithful marketplace leaders um, you know, who got the gospel to Rome far before the great apostle Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, that's really, really good. I love that point that you just made the unnamed men and women who were doing the work in the marketplace. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So <clears throat> for someone who's listening, um, who just says, man, this is really resonating with me. I want to maybe one, I'm new in leadership and this is the foundation I want to set or I'm in leadership and I'm lonely and I want to change that, or gosh, I'm realizing that 
have maybe not been doing so good at this. And I really want to make that shift and make that change and actually embrace my identity as part of the family of God and understanding. I love what you said again, that idea that the first act of teamwork was love. Um, So in closing, is there a specific piece of encouragement or advice that, that you might give to someone who says, I love what I'm hearing. I want to embrace this. And so how do I start? What is kind of my first step on that journey? Yeah, I I would encourage them to find one or two people that they can reach out to to begin a relationship Hmm. or reignite a a relationship. And and when I say relationship, let me clarify. I mean a leadership benefit relationship where we are encouraging one another. Um, So early on, I was a youth pastor for um, six years and uh, I got to know a guy named Rob Shepard and um, uh, he's a 757 guy. All right. Yeah. And yeah. um, yeah, So uh, a friend of ours, a a student who kind of bounced between our two ministries said, Hey, I think you guys would be best friends. I want y'all to hang out. Uh, and so we did, and we just clicked. And Rob is one of my favorite people on planet Earth. Uh, just one of the most encouraging. So we used to go to McDonald's, um, and we would meet and just talk life and leadership. And before either one of us planted churches, we kind of brainstormed the idea um, and, and, and encouraged each other. So I would encourage if a leader saying, "Man, I wanna, I wanna start this. I wanna start moving in the right direction." Find one person, a Rob, that you can just link arms with and say, "Hey, let's go to McDonald's." Or right now, let's jump on a Zoom call and let's just figure this out, right? And then, um, so you find a Rob and then find somebody you can learn from, somebody that's a little bit further down the road from you. Um, For me, when we planted, that was uh, uh, Fred Michaud and Freddie Villarreal uh, were two among many others um, that I reached out to and and had had lunches with and just learned from. So reach out to somebody that you think you can learn from. Don't say no, don't, don't say somebody's no for them right? Mm. Even if you think, man, they're too busy. They don't have time for me. They don't have, shoot the email anyway. If they don't have time, they don't have time. They won't respond. No loss. Uh, But I remember I emailed, I had to do a ministry internship one time for uh, seminary. And uh, I emailed the president of our state convention of churches. And I thought, man, there's no way he doesn't have time for me. It's just not. Well, 15 minutes later, his secretary called back and said, Hey, he loves the idea. Let's make it happen. I was shocked. Uh, but don't say somebody's no for them. Reach out to a great leader and learn from them. That's good. That's part, especially about don't say someone's no for them. That's yeah. that's going to be really key for somebody. I feel like somebody yeah. really needed to hear that. Who's listening? Yeah. That's awesome. And I love that you mentioned Rob too. He's actually uh, going to be on in a couple weeks, I think oh, good. Uh, two or three weeks. So yeah, he came on to talk a little bit with us again about his new book and leadership and all that fun stuff. So his, uh, and his new book is great. Great. Kill the jerk. Great book. Yep. It is. It's so funny you mentioned that too, because as we first just started talking a little bit, I was thinking to myself, man, I wonder if this guy knows Rob, because I feel like these two (laughs) would like really hit it off. So of course you are very much kindred spirit. Yeah. Rob's one of the best. He's great. Uh, Jeff, you have just shared so much good wisdom and experience with us today. And, And I feel like what was most encouraging for me is just how attainable it felt, you know, like I can actually do this and not that it isn't profound, but I think so often when we talk about leadership, we have all of these uh, techniques and strategies and just all of these different things. And, you know, it requires slideshows and books and diagrams, and we've got to figure it out. And what you're saying is that the first real act of leadership and teamwork is love. 
and, and let's just get that right. And then we can move on from there. And so this was just super awesome. I really appreciate it. And I just, on behalf of everyone listening, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing with us today. Well, thank you so much. I, if I can help beyond that, I'm glad to. Awesome. And um, tell us too, we're going to link everything in the show notes, of course. Um, but what's the best place for people to go if they want to grab your book that talks more about this in depth? Amazon is the easiest place. You can go to Amazon and just search called to cooperate or awesome. Jeff Mingy, M-I-N-G-E-E. Yep. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure to link the Amazon link uh, right in the show notes so people can grab that. And again, thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. I was honored to be a part of it. Thanks for listening to the Table Leadership Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the resources that were discussed at the table today and to connect with today's guest. Remember to subscribe to The Table Podcast and follow along on social media at The Table Leadership. Visit thetableleadership.com to learn more about current courses and coaching opportunities. And finally, you can connect with me, your host, at cionedgerton.com or on social media at cionedgerton. I look forward to the next time that you pull up a seat at The Table.